0: Hello and welcome to The Sacred Reflections. I'm Elizabeth Oldfield and this is a series that we're creating on the weeks that we don't have a full sacred interview for you. As you might know, our usual interviews are not particularly topical or timely and quite deliberately so because we want to help people step out of the hurly-burly of that day's news and reflect. But it seems strange to go through a crisis of this size and not acknowledge it. So we hope that this mini-series of Reflections will help us process how the global COVID-19 outbreak is affecting our values and what we think about the way we live. I'll be popping back in to check with a former guest about how they're getting on. Gives me a chance to check they're okay. And I'll ask them what this time is telling them about their sacred values. And we'll also be hearing from a few of you wonderful listeners who've been sending us voice memos. We love getting these. And there is still time for you to send us one. Just a minute or two recorded directly onto your phone thinking out loud about the effect this time is having on how you think about your own and our collective deep values you might even hear yourself on the podcast this week i spoke to chinny mcdonald who is the media and pr lead for christian aid and a regular presenter of bbc radio 4's thought for the day in lockdown she's managed to co-parent her two-year-old keep doing her job and keep writing her book on religion and race which will be out next year Chinny, how are you doing? What does your lockdown life look like, dare I ask?
1: My lockdown life seems to be even busier than my real life. Um, My my liberated free life, the life when I could go outside. Um, uh, I'm at home with my husband and my sister who moved in um, just before lockdown and my two-year-old son who is um, very loud and busy.
0: Yes, I uh, I feel your pain. Um, and specifically about Christian Aid, what does this global pandemic mean for your work, for your focus on alleviating poverty across the world and particularly in the developing world?
1: So like many, many charities, we are um, going to potentially struggle in this environment as people you kind know, of feel the effects of the economy, um, Uh, slowing down and people aren't necessarily giving um, as much to charities so we've just announced we're going to be furloughing 20% of our staff we're all taking um, 20% pay cuts and moving to four days a week however um, the work that we do around the world in trying to alleviate poverty and work with the most marginalized and poorest groups in the world continues and now more than ever um, those people Need us the most. So these are people who don't have that kind of um, social safety net, they don't have the health systems that we do. So we are really incredibly, despite everything, we are lucky to live where we live um, and have the opportunities that we have. Um, if coronavirus takes hold in some of those countries like Sierra Leone, like South Sudan, like Bangladesh, um, it's the poorest and most marginalized that are going to feel the effects the most so we really do need to help them so we're focused on that
0: I'm really glad that you are um, we are going to listen to a little clip from the last interview that I did with you on uh the sacred and um hear you talking about what you thought was sacred to you then Ginny, I'm going to start with the really hard question that I ask everyone. And I always feel a bit mean about asking, but you've had some warning. So tell me, do you have any understanding of what your sacred value or values might be? I have been absolutely dreading
1: this question because I've listened to every episode of Sacred and think that people come up with really amazing answers. And it's really fascinating to hear what other people say. But I've obviously prepared what I want to say. And it's something around kindness and, put simply, not being horrible to people. I think that's what I value. And I think that um, more specifically, and taking it a step further, it would be altruism. So that idea that humans are capable of thinking about other people more than they think about themselves. So I think that what I really struggle with in both kind of personal life, family life and the world at large is kind of selfishness or seeing the world um, only from your own perspective or putting yourself above the the wants and needs of others. And I think sometimes when you ask this question, you talk about, you know, what is the thing that people you would really kind of struggle with or be offended by someone was to say that you should get rid of that value and I think um, it's been really interesting over the years thinking about the sense of a kind of altruism and I've got a book called The Myth of Altruism which talks about how it's Altruism does not exist. It's all about evolution and about furthering your own species, basically. So the kindness is about social bonds and about biology. So it therefore doesn't really exist. Or if you look at kind of more anthropological explorations of the idea of gift exchange. So I give you something. Malinowski and people like that talk about how no gift is ever free of kind of reciprocity. So I only give to you, I only do something kind for you because I'm going to get something back out of it. So I really struggle with those kinds of concepts. So I guess my sacred value is kindness and altruism and believing that those things are possible.
0: So altruism, and I was really interested in particularly the bit where, so one of the ways of framing the sacred is things that elicit that disgust response in us when they're violated. And I could almost hear that. I knew that like the idea that altruism isn't possible really gets you in the gut, really... Uh, um, there's, there, there's something precious, something sacred to you about the idea of self-sacrificial, purely self-sacrificial giving of, of um, altruism for the other. How has a global pandemic, a lockdown, you know, the world turned upside down, changed or maybe crystallized how you think about that sacred value? It, do you think kindness and altruism is still the deepest thing for you or maybe something else has bubbled up that you're realizing has become sacred to you?
1: So it's interesting listening back to that, because kindness and altruism, they are still the thing. And I think that in this crisis that we find ourselves in, those things have found ways of coming to the surface. And it's almost like people um, are falling over themselves to be kind to each other in ways that we haven't been able to before. And so a couple of weeks before lockdown, I posted, you know, letters through my neighbours' doors, inviting them to a WhatsApp group. And I never really thought about my neighbours, really, um, before that point. Um, and, you know, a few weeks down the line, we are having daily conversations all day, every day, trying to spur each other on, helping each other out, sharing things, sharing puzzles, sharing toys, sharing food, going to the shots for each other. And this idea that um, that people are capable of essentially putting themselves in harm's way in order to serve another person who they might not really know that well in order to make that person feel valued, in order to make that person have the basic needs that we all have as humans um, and finding daily joy in that. Um, And we haven't been able to to show that of ourselves before. And one thing that I've really recognised in this time is that I think as someone who's a Christian, um and have been a christian most my, most of my life i think sometimes we as christians think that that kindness thing is a is a christian thing so we're we're very good at um helping each other out and showing kindness and um doing things for each other but actually i think that this is showing that there is something potentially fundamentally within us all or innately within us all that wants to be kind to other people Um, I think probably the difference that I've found in this time is that kindness, altruism isn't just about grand gestures, about these kind of big displays of being good. I think kindness can be more every day. So kindness in giving someone a bag of sugar um, in the little things. Um, I'm recognising that I have to be kind, not just in a big way to people out there also to those closest to me who are in lockdown with me, who are in this confined space. Um, and also be, being kind to myself is really important um, because this is a really difficult time. Um, I'm finding it really hard. I have ups and downs, but I'm learning to be kind to myself, not just to others. So physical proximity is also important. I'm, I really miss hugging my friends, um, but I've learned that they're have always been people around me physically who I had never kind of noticed before. And that sense of kind of closeness, physical closeness, community, um, community with my neighbours and those who live on my street. And suddenly these houses that I've walked past for months, and not given a second thought to who lives behind them, have almost opened up um, into these kind of new worlds and new possibilities of friendship and forming social bonds
0: so i'm i've been thinking a lot about what you said about altruism and gift exchange and Maranovsky, who i did, felt very smart after i learned that name and then went and, and look, looked that up but i guess i want to just tease that out because michael i guess my question that i'm asking myself and i'm asking about society is why did it take such a crisis to make us kinder you know why do we now want to build community with our neighbours? And one kind of more sceptical reading of that is because we're aware of our interdependence, we're aware of our um, mutual need and that we're helping others because it's suddenly really visible um, and really obvious that we might need help, that we might get the bug and not be able to do our shopping. And so we're more likely to think about the other person in the street who has the virus and isn't able to do their shopping. What kind of... How are you thinking about that? And what if it's not that, what is it that's making it difficult for us to be kind in normal times and easier right now?
1: So in listening back to that, um, in listening back to the previous podcast, I've realised that potentially there is still that element of satisfaction that I get by being nice to my neighbour because everything is up because everything else is so bleak that I kind of need that kind of boost <laughs> personally um why has it taken this for us to be kinder to each other i think it kind of leaves us with no little choice we've got no choice but to be kind to each other because do we really want to make things worse by by not reaching out do we really want to be completely confined to only the people that live within our walls no we're kind of all a bit desperate for community and for people to show love to but also receive love from um even if it's in small ways and i'm thinking about my streets and the community that i live in we moved here about um just over a year ago we moved from a very labor area or an area that was very similar to our own politically to one that is very very different so um my husband and I are Remainers. We've moved to a very Brexit-y area um, and people think very differently politically to, to the way we do. What this situation has taught me is that none of those things really matter anymore. Um, Brexit, Brexiteer, Remainer, none of it matters when we're all just trying to survive. We're all just trying to feed our families and stay alive. And all those differences that seem to be so insurmountable only a few months ago are almost just meaningless and completely forgotten about i think that is an amazing lesson to to be learning um this idea that we're all human and we're all in this together regardless of our political affiliations or how we voted in the european referendum
0: you see you're so right and in so many many ways that's so beautiful and it's you know, the deep wisdom and the deep truth of so many religious traditions and philosophies and, you know, Instagram pictures. But why in normal times does it feel so trite that, you know, that we're all in this together, that the most important things in life are kindness, that humans are fundamentally deeply connected and deeply similar? It's just like a truth that slides out of focus when we're not concentrating on it. I mean, you could, I'm sure, come up with a big theory of kind of idolatry or spiritual distraction or something, but that's not really a question. It's a frustration. Why why, why do these deep truths sound like platitudes when they're not? Explain it to me, Chinny.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I was going to say something around we're distracted by other things and we um, we kind of look for... Division, I guess, Um, in a way that it's not useful to us now to do that potentially. Um, However, I have no doubt that when this is all over, let's say, who knows when it's going to be over, but um, in a year's time, in two years' time, in five years' time, will I remember that I loved my neighbours and we used to be all, (laughs) that we were all happy? And I really hope that we cling cling on to this and capture something of it to take forward into whatever there is to come. But knowing how we work as humans, we'll probably forget.
0: Well, thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Realistic uh, prediction, I guess the idealist in me rails against it and wants to say, how do we form ourselves differently? How do we capture our intention and our attention? Um, I do think there is a wider appetite not to just snap back into how we were living before. and to kind of reassess, but whether we can, yeah, not get distracted for long enough to put in the rhythms and the practices and the rituals that reinforce things. I think one of the key things that I'm learning from social psychology and behavioral science that lines up entirely with centuries of um, Christian teaching is that if you want to change hearts and minds and attitudes, it's not a one-off thing. It's a meeting in community having kind of peer support having challenge having accountability having stories that you tell over and over you know having songs that you sing over and over in ways that shape our minds and our spirits and our characters but I wonder if we'll have a kind of post-corona flourishing of um art and ritual to try and retain a sense of the best of ourselves that we saw bubble up maybe your book will be one of them Ginny when it comes out Uh, next year maybe Um, Chinny I know how uh, tight your time is and how thinly spread you are with energy and everything else so I am really grateful for you speaking to me on The Sacred It's been
1: lovely speaking to you as ever
0: I was really struck listening to Chinny how much she and millions even billions of people around the world are juggling even those whose lives are less directly affected by this virus And the thing that you might have heard that I'm really wrestling with myself is this idea that kindness and altruism and this this sense that every human being is connected, that we have more in common than we have that divides us, that even saying that I feel a bit embarrassed. It seems soft, ineffectual, you know, too vague to bother with in normal times, but it is so clearly the central stuff of life in crises and the deep truths that we reach for. Is it just the repetition that drains the power out of these concepts in normal time? Is it something about our slightly toxic, self-reflective habit of irony and distance? I see in myself, I see in others that cynicism is temporarily uncool and that we're all really happy to be earnest for as long as this lasts what happens afterwards? I'd love to hear from you if you have any insight on this. And here's this week's voice memo from one of our listeners. The pandemic makes me wonder whether life is itself a sacred value, and I think the answer is that it's not. We should perhaps treat the lives of others as ends in themselves, but we should treat our own as means, and we should ask what they can be useful for and who they can be useful for and what they should be exchanged for in the ultimate thing. And this is the meaning of self-sacrifice. And it is those things for which we would exchange our lives that are really the values that might be called sacred. Thank you so much for listening to this Sacred Reflection. Thank you for those of you who are sending in memos, sharing, rating and reviewing the podcast. It's incredibly appreciated as it helps other people find us. We were really delighted that the Sacred was featured on the BBC podcast radio hour over Easter. So if you're a new listener from hearing us there, welcome, we're really pleased you're here. Please do subscribe, spread the word and follow us on social media. Sacred is a project of the think tank Theos.